Blog Talk Radio. another episode of Let's Talk TV Live. I am your host, Barbara Barnett. I'm executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine and also the proprietress of the Let's Talk TV TV blog. Um, and I am joined tonight by Jerome Wetzel TV. Hi, Jimmy Daly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am like flying today. I don't know what it is, but I am just like so freaking flying high, but not on anything artificial. I'm just, (laughs) I'm like just pumped on adrenaline. I don't know what it is. Um, But Chrissy, who also usually joins us on Monday nights, is about to become an aunt. She says with her fake British accent. (laughs) (laughs) I've got British on my mind, you know, with my... um, with my novel, which is done. The next draft is done. Yay. I've read quite like 80 pages of it this week. So okay. very interesting. Oh, that's what he's like. Very interesting. Oh, that's, that's kind of a, hmm. No, it's hmm. like, I'm not sure where it's going yet. So oh, well, that's intrigued. What part, did you, the, what, what part are you at? I am at the part where, um, a, no spoilers. Not to, I'm going to do this as vaguely as possible so you'll get it, but I don't spoil anything. Okay. Uh, a certain character has passed because something didn't work. <gasps> and there's some, some grief and anger, and and on the other side of town, a disaster has befallen. And oh, that person's and not dealing with that as well. And disaster is only going to get worse for both of them. Mm, I um, assume based on the beginning of the book and where they were years hence. But <laughs> well, I've actually what I've done is I've totally rearranged the book. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so there's actually, and I and I, I finished the outline. I rejiggered the. It's written chronologically, which you have. But what I did was I took the two thousand because it continues it goes 1837 to 1842, and then it jump cuts all the way to 2013. So what I did mm-hmm. was I took the 2013 timeline and I integrated mm-hmm. it into the 19th century timeline to ah. frame the uh, novel unto a certain point, and then after that it's all 2013. So um, I actually sent my agent a copy of the revised outline now that it's all done, and like I sent an annotated outline to her, and she posted on my Facebook. I, all I said on my Facebook was, it's done, I rejiggered the, the, the narrative to nonlinear, and I'm really happy that it's done, and my agent posted on my Facebook, and it's great for exclamation points. <laughs> so that's good. I'm on the right track, and I passed the Phil test. My husband is Phil, and he's very critical. So, um, and and he liked it. So I'm really excited about that. You know, I'm going to bring Zach into the uh, into the mix. Uh, I have to figure out which one he is because we've got a bunch of people in the queue. Uh, I think this is him. Okay, hang on. Zach, is that you? I think this is me. Do you have me? Hello. Uh, yes. Hi. How are you? This is Barbara Barnett. So, welcome. Now, do you like to be called Zach or Zachary? Um, Zach is fine. 
Zach is fine. Okay, so Zach, uh, Zach Van Norman is a new writer for Blog Critics. He is also um, a guy, and you can explain a little bit what you do um, at the Once Upon a Fan site, the great, wonderful, wonderful Gareth Hughes's great uh, Once Upon a Time fan site that's based in somewhere in England. Um, and so, <laughs> so Zach is going to his very first Comic Con as media. It's true. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Very fun. And he did not get credentialed through Blog Critics. We have four people going with Blog Critics press credentials. Um, but Zach is going credentialed um, as a blogger from uh, Once Upon a Fan site. So, but but he's going to be writing for us as well. And so. We've got five blog critics people at uh, Comic-Con this year, so that's very exciting. So, um, so Zach, what I want to do tonight, and Jimmy, I was just about to say, is we're going to talk once upon a time. We're talking about the episode, The Return. We're doing our summer rewatch, and we'll bring Meredith in for that part of the conversation. Meredith is another Seattleite. Zach, you're in Seattle, right, or somewhere in that that's area? Right. Yep, I'm in yeah, and, Seattle area, yeah. And, and Meredith, who is an avid reader, and she she actually emailed me today, and she's reading my my book once uh, my my book, once upon a time no my book chasing zebras, which is about house, and she's enjoying that so, uh, which is cool, and I'll bring her into that conversation, but I want to talk about a couple things first, since we have a whole hour, I allotted an hour for this show and not an hour and a half, um, but what I um, what I want to do is I want to talk first about uh, Hannibal, because that's left over from last week. And then we'll talk about Comic-Con. And I have the um, entire TV coverage schedule on my um, computer. So um, I want to kind of go over and who's going to be there and kind of some of the things that I'm going to be doing and Zach might be doing and some of the fun stuff. And there are all kinds of things are parties and dues and press rooms and panels and all kinds of stuff. So, but first, last week on the show, James suggested to me that because I like those very perceptive, sensitive, almost insane <laughs> investigator types, and I think we could probably put House in that category too, even though he's not a criminal, <laughs> right? Oh my god! Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's pouring yeah, I would agree out with here. That, definitely. Yeah, so because he's kind of a Sherlock Holmes guy, and Sherlock was a little bit on the warp side too. Um, but you know, Fox Mulder was—he was kind of the beginning of that TV craze. And there was so there was Fox Mulder, and you have um, Eric McCormick's um, Daniel Pierce on Perception, which which that's how we got the conversation started because we were kind of disappointed with uh, Perception this season because it kind of went back to this like procedural okay fine already and an elementary when it's very good it kind of veers away from just being a procedural and it really digs beneath the skin so jimmy said to me well you know if he says, you'll you'll like hannibal and i said you know i i saw silence of the lambs and i saw red dragon and i've actually read uh i, I read red dragon and I saw it because it was in my Ray Fiennes phase, and Ray Fiennes plays the serial killer who Will Graham is going out to catch with Hannibal Lecter's assistance. 
And it's a really eerie, chilling movie as well as a chilling book. So I don't, I didn't, wasn't sure I wanted to watch a, a TV series about Hannibal Lecter because he's kind of spooky, and I'm not big on slasher stuff. So I, I did it. I watched the the pilot, and I re and, and Jimmy says, well, "Don't don't worry, don't worry." Um, aha. I've been tweeted, you've got to get some good Hannibal spoilers. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Don't worry. Um, so I watched it. And, and, Jimmy, you told me that it actually wasn't so much about Hannibal as it is about Will Graham. Mm-hmm. And um, you're right. It actually is about both characters. And they're very, very, very interesting. Some, somewhat could have – no, I wouldn't say could have ended. But there's their interesting relationship. And um, so I watched it, and I was like – Oh, I really like this. Um, I've never seen Hugh Dancy in anything before ever, and I thought he was really excellent in it. Um, he's got the jitteriness down. He's got the sort of he in the review. I wrote a review of it on Blog Critics earlier this week, so check it out, people, if you haven't. Um, but I wrote a review of it, and I said that he reminds me back when the X-Files was on, there was really, really the the quality of X-Files fan fiction was better than any other fan fiction that's ever been written in any other fandom. It was just really, really good fan fiction. And there was um, a trope that was played constantly in X-Files fan fiction that talked about Fox Mulder before he became part of the X-Files when he was a criminal profiler. He's an Oxford-educated psychologist, not a Ph.D. psychologist, but an Oxford-educated psychologist. Um, And a lot of the fan fiction about Mulder in his pre-X-Files days very much reminds me of this portrayal of Will Graham in Hannibal. So kind of how Fox Mulder became spooky Mulder had nothing to do with the occult or the supernatural. It had to do with his uh, perceptive leaps that he would make. So um, I watched it. I really liked it. I watched not all 13 episodes over the last week because I kind of skipped a few kind of two-thirds of the way through because I wanted to get through the entire series. Um, and I really liked it a lot. Um, now, I don't know um, how you are. Are you watching it on NBC's press site? No. Watching it on um, the, a main main NBC site? No. Why? Um, did, well, there was an episode that didn't air, and it was posted online. Um, it was mm-hmm. the one where they, uh, I believe it was the one where they found the bodies buried in the ground with the mushrooms growing out of them. That was the pilot. That was the pilot? Yeah. It was, it was episode four that didn't air. I thought it was the one with the mushrooms. And I, that one was kind of odd because I didn't realize when I was watching it on my TiVo that that one hadn't aired. And there was like, I started the next episode and there was some scenes in the previously on that I hadn't seen because it oh. was kind of important to watch that episode. And then I found oh. it online and actually watched it out of order. Yeah, I uh, I got the season on Amazon.com, so I don't know if I missed it or not. Uh, it is on Amazon because that's how I ended up okay. getting it. Okay, so yes, I I watched it then. Um, but it's an actually it's very good. And Mads Mikkelsen, who plays a Danish actor, who plays um, Lecter, is the most. He, you know, if you compare his Hannibal Lecter and Jack, I know you don't watch Hannibal because I'm you're kind of quiet. 
You have, have you yeah, watched I Hannibal? Well, I mean, I know, but see, I know. Well, I, I don't watch Hannibal, but I know what characters you're talking about because I've read all the books and I've seen okay. all the movies. So I know okay. I have a point of reference at least. Okay, excellent. So, um, the the portrayal of Hannibal Lecter in Hannibal in the TV series is far, far more chilling to me than Tony Hopkins Lecter. And I, part of it is because we know. I mean, we know this guy is a master, a psychological pushing. You know, that's what he's doing. Psychological well, drive, it's a driving. You know, they keep talking about mm-hmm. Eddie Izzard is a guest star on it. And, and uh, you know, his psychologist is accused of psychologically driving him or whatever they call it. Um and that's exactly what Lecter is doing. And it's like the manipulation is so subtle. And it's just like, you know, they, they don't even know it. And all of these very smart people are being manipulated by this guy. And it's like, And probably oh. fed people. Yeah. So many dinner scenes always oh, make me cringe. Oh, my goodness. And he's always. Wonder- and all of the, the episodes have, like, you know, meal names. Mm-hmm. Yep. Roti. <laughs> Um, but oh my goodness, that reminded me of the movie. Um, 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 oh Lord, what's Ravenous? <laughs> reminded me of the movie Ravenous, which is a book about cannibalism and a Wendigo. Um, check it out. It is a very strange movie. It's a Carlisle movie. Um, it's a very strange movie with uh, Guy Pierce and. Um, and Robert Carlyle, it's a very, very interesting movie about cannibalism in the 19th century. Um, anyway, um, but yes, so I liked it. So so the cool thing is Hannibal is going to have a presence at Comic-Con. Uh, the food on Hannibal looks good, but it's people. Uh, yes, Katie, I know. Um, so they're going to be at Comic-Con, and I've already been, t- been in touch with NBC Twice today, and they've uh, they've passed on uh, my email both to some senior people at P- at NBC's publicity and to the production company that that produces Hannibal to set me up with interviews. So I'm hoping, yeah, and and the show stars. I mean, what a great cast. I mean, Hugh Dancy, which would be great. I um, he he nails the American accent. He just nails it. He nails it. Uh, Kim, and when I heard that Mads Mickelson beat out, narrowly beat out David Tennant for the role, I was quite surprised because I just can't see Tennant in that part. No, no. Kenneth, Tennant is far too nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and Mads Mickelson has those cold, ice blue eyes, like Hopkins, like Tony Hopkins has. Mm-hmm. But those ice blue eyes and that manner with that slight. Danish accent. Just what mm-hmm. is it with Danish actors, by the way? What what is it with Danish Danish actors these days, by the way? I don't know. You know, you have Nicholas Costerwalda. Uh, uh, I can't pronounce his name from mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, right? He's Danish. Yeah. Of course, Viggo Mortensen is the most famous Danish superstar in this country, um, and Michael Nyquist. No, no, he's mm-hmm. Swedish. I'm sorry, he's Swedish. He's not Danish. How he's dare Swedish. you confuse this? <gasps> 
I know, and he's my Facebook friend. Um, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not not anymore. I, did, I, said, I, said, <laughs> I said nice things about him um, from uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and we had seen it, the original. And uh, he he saw my review, and he wrote me a note on Facebook. And I was like, oh, my oh, God. Cool. That was the, I got, I've gotten two notes for reviews for movies ever in my life. One um, from Michael Nyquist. The other from Robert Carlyle. When I reviewed uh, his movie California Solo, and I inter- interviewed the director last summer, um, he actually wrote me a direct message on Twitter thanking me for my kind words, and that was really sweet um, and very lovely because you just don't expect that. Um, okay. Anyway, so so Hannibal, so I'm I'm hoping to get interviews at Comic Con, which makes me segue to talking about Comic Con. So I'm just putting my my schedule together now, and I'm, like, looking at it. And I looked at my my Friday schedule. I just pulled out my Friday schedule. This is my schedule. This isn't the Comic-Con schedule. We'll talk about that in a minute. But my Comic-Con on Friday, at at 1 o'clock, I don't have anything in the morning, thank God, at least right now. Um, At 11 o'clock, Konami, the game people, are going to come and pick me up at the convention center, or I suppose at my hotel, um, and take me to their suite where they're going to be previewing me, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2, which um, I'm not a big game player, but it's voiced by Patrick Stewart and Robert Carlyle. So that should be kind of cool. That would be fun. Um, And so I'm doing that at, at, at 1.30. And then there's the Defiance press room, so I'm going to be doing Defiance interviews, then Helix uh, interviews um, at like later in the afternoon, which Helix is a new show on Sci-Fi. Mm-hmm. And then then there's a couple of hours off, and then there's the Walking Dead press thing. So I'm going to be at that, I think. And then there's up two parties, <laughs> one of which Zach is coming with me to. <laughs> right, Zach? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. <laughs> so yeah, it's called Radical Studios is having a party plume arcade from 7 to 10, open bar. I can't say where because it's invitation only. Um, and um, it is like fun and games and just going to be insane. Um, so that's going to be fun. That's the, the Radical Studios is, is uh, producing Tom Cruise's new movie. So that's all I know. Then I have to actually run to go because I just got this invitation, um, and it's for one, so I keep can't come with me, Zach, to cover the red carpet and possibly get in, but definitely to cover the red carpet for the Con of Darkness, which is like a big deal every year at the Con um, on Friday night. And then, cool. then I have to go late night. Um, the History Channel's got a new series called Vikings that's being um, premiered next year. So they've got a press mm-hmm. event at like nine thirty, nine nine fifteen or something like that Friday night, and then at ten forty five, <laughs> there's another another event that um, was Mark Zakri, who was actually on the show um, a couple few months ago uh, with his show uh, Space Command, and and there's a bunch of people that are going to be there. Dean Haglin from X Files is going to be there. Um, I think George Takai maybe is going to be there. There's a bunch. Of, it's it's going to be kind of cool. And and then so I've been invited to to come to that little do as well. So that's just Friday. 
I mean, that's that's one day. Will I be exhausted wow. Saturday morning? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Thursday doesn't Definitely. look too bad. I've got I've got a press conference so far. I mean, I've got a bunch of stuff that I haven't been confirmed at yet, but I've got um, the Virgin and Ender's Game press conferences, um, which is going to be okay. So I'm going to sit in the front row for this one. <laughs> Harrison Ford. So I'm just gonna sit there and just listen. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we'll just I'll just listen. <laughs> so um, I don't know anything about the movie. Oh, they're screening a bunch of movies, so I got some some stuff to to come see these screenings of different things. And then there's another movie. Um, I'm meeting with the executive producer of a movie called Two Guns. Have you heard of this movie? Mm-mm. With Mark Wahlberg and Denzel Washington? Nope. So I'm doing an nope. interview with this guy. So um, so that's kind of cool. And then Saturday, I got Bates Motel. And then there's a party, which Zach is coming with me to this one, too. I hope we get confirmed for it because I haven't gotten a confirmation yet. NBC Digital is having a party at the Hard Rock. That will have the cast of Revolution yeah. and the cast of... Uh, uh, Saturday Night Live and the cast mm-hmm. of there was like it sounds like a big party. Yeah. So we haven't been confirmed for I'm you know so but the but the thing on thir- on Friday night uh, we have been so I got an email that confirmed us for that. So but that's just me. So that and that doesn't include Once Upon a Time, which I've not gotten press. Uh, we haven't gotten press room information for that yet. Uh, oh, the other thing I'm waiting for, because I don't know the timing of it, is I've got I will be confirmed to uh, go and interview the guys from Supernatural. So Sweet. there's a press room for that. So I'll be doing that press and Revolution. So I'll be doing all of that. I don't know when yet, but I know that I will be getting um, later in the week. I just communicated with NBC about that, um, and uh, or. Yeah, was it NBC? Is it Warner? I can't even remember now. It might be Warner, but um, whoever produces it. Um, so anyway, so that's. But I want to talk about this. I, I pulled up the TV thing. So here's the here's the TV schedule. So hang on a second. So the TV. There's all these special sneak peek pilot screenings Wednesday night. Almost Human. Tell me if you've heard of any any of these. The Originals, which is going to be on this. C at CW. Yeah, that's the um, spinoff of the Vampire Diaries. Right, and and Almost Human will be on Fox on Monday nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks interesting. The Tomorrow People uh-huh. will be on the CW. Um, the mm-hmm. One Hundred, the One Hundred, which everyone's buzzing about. Yep. And um, so that's that. And yeah, that's I think on... the CW pilots. I really need to watch this. Yeah, I know. See, they great. They send their pilots out in, like, May. Okay. Um, oh, that's right. I'm doing an interview with John Ficarra again from Mad Magazine. That's it. So then there's the 35th Battlestar Galactica celebration on Friday morning. And then there's something on the Transformers I probably won't go to. Oh, The Secrets of Writing Science Fiction and Fantasy. I might go to that. <laughs> that's, um, oh, are you talking about on Thursday at 11? Yeah. Yeah, I have that. Yeah, that's actually on my calendar too. That looked interesting to me. I thought about going that 
to that yeah. myself. So if you if you want to go to that together, we can totally do that. That could be fun. So then um, there's Cartoon Network, Annoying Orange. I don't know what that is. That is <laughs> the crew of Annoying Orange. That's a weird show. I can't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the title that. is a little off-putting, i got to say. <laughs> um, there's... Uh, there is uh da, 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 da. then there's a thing on Hanna Barbera, which I might go to because that was my era. Uh huh. I grew up with Hanna and Barbera. Um, they were probably just reruns. Of- yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I mean, when I watched it, it was prime time. <laughs> so, uh, you watched the Flintstones when it was on at night. That's true. It's all, all those were on at night. Well, early. Yeah. I mean, they were on early, early, early. Um, and then Sherlock is having a thing at 2.15. I don't think I've been invited to that one. Um, so I haven't seen. I have to send an email to the publicist. Um, I don't know that I'll have time to go to it anyway, and I don't watch the show with great uh, interest, although it would be kind of cool to catch Benedict Cumberbatch and at least get a picture of him. Um, then there's going to be an advanced screening of The Blacklist, um, with James Spader and a Q&A. And then, 3.30 on Thursday, is TV Guide Magazine celebrates the X-Files 20th birthday. Oh, that doesn't sound like anything you'd be interested in. You don't think? So I might no. try to go to that. Although the line <laughs> is going to be really long and is media, as is, as press, mm-hmm. I'm, like, really spoiled, and I will not wait in line for anything. Because <laughs> then I miss things. You know, I totally, I can't do that. So then, um, let's see, there's there's a thing on Pac-Man. Oh, and then at 5 o'clock, on, we're still on Thursday, by the way. Legendary mm-hmm. animators of classic 60s cartoons. Okay. And then there's a thing on South Park and Teen Wolf. And I'm not going to the adult swim thing, Jimmy. I'm sorry, Zach, if you want to go to that, I sent you that, right? So you could go to that. And yeah. then Dexter is having a thing. And I've not um, been invited to that. You know, a lot of them that are doing panels, like Game of Thrones last year did a panel, but they didn't do a press room. So a lot of shows will do panels, but they won't do press room. So I don't know if it's a matter of – because I, I tend to get all the press releases. Mm-hmm. You don't get into everything, but you get invited to everything. Yeah. Like last year, I got invited to the elementary press room, and I didn't get in. So it was the only one I didn't get in. And then there's the Hannibal thing um, at uh, 645. And then uh, then zombie thing at 7. And that's pretty much it on Thursday. Then on Friday, uh, there's a Big Bang thing in the morning Mm -hmm. and a Defiance thing at 1030, which I am going to. I'm going to the press room for that. And then there's a Veronica Mars thing and a Nikita thing and a Helix thing, which I'm going to. And then another Adult Swim thing and a Bones thing, which I'm not going to. And then there's the 100 pilot screening and another adult swim thing, which I'm not going to. (laughs) Chris Carter's doing a thing. Um, Let's see. Oh, here you go. From idea to buzz, the team behind a literary blockbuster. 
And then there's another session, Why Fan Fiction is Taking Over the World. That could be interesting. And then there's a Game of Thrones panel and Q&A session. And then there's a thing on The Haven, which I've been invited to, but I don't have time. Uh, and then there's a Buffy session, with, uh, but on the um, comic series. Oh, and which is a lot of the same people anyway. So. It is. It is. And you know what? I interviewed Scott Alley and, um, before, so um, and he's the executive editor of Editor-in-Chief at Dark Horse. Um, let's see. I've been invited to a thing with Neil Gaiman. Ooh. So I don't know if I haven't gotten an email back, but I was invited. I RSVP'd. Um, then there's an Archer thing, and uh, I'm just kind of scanning through Science Channel thing, which actually could be kind of cool if I had time, but I won't. Um, <laughs> then Dark Horse is having a thing, um, and then there's a session called Science Fiction That Will Change Your Life, but I don't have time to go to that. Um, then there's a thing on BBC America's Orphan Black, which actually sounds interesting. Oh, that show's awesome. Yeah? It's got a great title. Well, the, the lead character, I, I think we talked about it on a previous podcast, the lead actress plays like eight parts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's so, fantastic. So, and then there's a Banshee thing, and since I'm not crazy about Greg Yutanis, because mm-hmm. I thought he kind of wrecked house. Um, I should say that. <laughs> Well, that's on the Cinemax, and uh, I'm sorry, Cinemax shows are not my cup of tea. And I don't get Cinemax, although they sent me a screener. Yeah, no, um, I get the screener too, but I, I, yeah, I don't oh, get it. I, here's one for you, Jimmy. The Psychology uh-huh. of Star Trek versus Star Wars. Oh, that one's why it will just make me mad, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Husband, Star Trek. Husbands has a panel at 8. And then Space Command, oh, is it 8.45? Oh, right. Oh, I screwed up my calendar because I put everything Uh-oh. in Pacific time except the new stuff. <laughs> oh, God. Uh-oh. So now I have some stuff in Pacific time and some stuff. Anyway, Saturday. Are we tired yet? Zach, are we tired yeah. yet? <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. Cause, my. yeah this, <laughs> looking at my schedule, too. Oh, my gosh. So, in the morning on Saturday is Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Yeah. And then Gravity Falls and Once Upon a Time. And then there's an Inside the Writer's Room, Earth's Mightiest TV Writers Assemble. Okay, who's going to be in it? Who's going to be there? Anybody I know? Jane Espenson if it's the No, most... Jane's not there. Nope, Jane's not there. Well, then they need to change the name of the title. Yeah, I know. So weird. No, it's not her. Um, so that's, and then, so that's Saturday and then, and then it goes on to Sunday. I mean, it's like, it just goes on and on and on. Now Sunday morning, um, oh yeah, Sunday in the morning is, oh God, it's at, it's at 10. Okay. Oh my goodness. Oh shoot. Okay. So the supernatural thing is at 10 on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you know what? It'll be a video presentation and Q&A, and then the press rooms will be after. I'm doing an interview with Jane Espenson on a Sunday morning, um, and we just confirmed that. So I'm going to be talking to her about Once Upon a Time and Husbands, but I did get clearance from the network. Now, any interview she does has to be cleared mm-hmm. through the network. So oh. we 
yeah, it was weird because I emailed her and I said, so Jane, are we going to get together at Comic-Con again? And she emailed me back and she says, well, no problem for husbands, but anything I do for, um, oh, wait, okay, here we got news from Chrissy. Her niece's name is Arya. Oh. Okay, so I have to wish you, even though you're not Jewish, Chrissy, I have to say Mazel Tov. <laughs> because after, all entertainment people say Mazel Tov. I, I can say it legitimately. <laughs> well, I'm not Jewish either, but hey, Mazel Tov. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Chrissy. Chrissy's not here tonight because she has just become an aunt. Um, so so anyway, oh, and that's so supernatural, and that hopefully that won't conflict with, um, gosh, with my interview with Jane. Oh, yeah, so she said anything that she did through – for once upon a time, had to come through ABC publicity. Ooh. So I so I emailed Jeff Fortis at ABC, and he said, you know, I said, can you know, I'm doing an interview with her a Sunday morning. Can she do once upon a time interview? And he wrote back to me, says, well, she's not doing once upon a time interviews on Sunday, probably because she's doing husbands interviews. So then I said, well, can we <laughs> arrange it on another day? And then he wrote back to me, and he said. Oh, you know what? She'll talk to you on Sunday, <laughs> and she'll get, get in touch with you directly. So she emailed me right away. She says, "We're good. I got approval. We're fine. Let's do the interviews together. We're good." Uh, apparently, she must not have been doing once upon a time interviews on Sunday, and that was the word. And uh, she's like, "No, don't worry about it. We're good." So, um, yeah. And Jeff had asked me. He says, "Okay, so any interviews you're interested in, are they for?" blog critics or for the radio show see now he asks me <laughs> which is kind of cool because mm. he's fine with it you know so anyway so that's kind of what's going on it's like oh there's an under the dome thing and Buffy the musical uh-huh. uh is going to be sons of anarchy I mean it's like last year I came home on Sunday this year mm-hmm. I got smart I decided not to come home on Saturday I'm coming home I mean sorry on Sunday I'm coming home on Monday. So I'm staying through, and then I can crash Sunday night. And I have upgraded my seats from San Diego to Chicago Sunday morning, or sorry, Monday morning, first class. So I am flying first class home, and I'll probably sleep the entire time. I'm going to be so tired. I am, like, too old for this. (laughs) Then I come home Monday evening, I land Monday evening, Thursday, I go to blog her, which is the big international women's blogging convention, mm-hmm. Thursday through Saturday night, come home Sunday morning, leave for Seattle Monday. <laughs> I was invited to a writer's retreat. I said, I don't think I can come. My husband's going to shoot me because I'm going to be gone essentially. for Well, one of the weeks I'll be with him in Seattle. We'll be together. But um, anyway. Mm-hmm. So are we ready to talk about Once Upon a Time? Sure. Always. Always, always. So hang on one second. I'm going to bring Meredith into the conversation, who has been holding on for half an hour. Hang on. Meredith, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. And thank you for your nice words about my book. Yeah, I'm actually reading it right now. Cool, cool, cool. I put about six months of my life into that book. That was... uh. It's a big book, so tell tell everyone that it's a good book and to buy it. 
<laughs> please. <laughs> buy, because if people buy it, then there's a chance I could write a sequel. If people don't buy it, then I guess I won't make a sequel to it. But um, it's hey, all. Have you all, heard on a sequel to your house book by chance? Uh, that's what you just. Yes, that's what I was just talking about. If people oh, buy oh, the oh, book, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was thinking of your other book. Oh wait, my the novel. It's not out yet. Yeah, the okay. one that's the house is the one you want a sequel to at the moment. Oh, the house book. Yeah, that's kind I of. I was talking about Apothecary's Curse. I'm sorry, I got confused. You're talking about Apothecary's Curse. Okay, because that's the book right. I'm working on now. I can only do one. Although I actually saw my 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 agent was interviewed for a Writer's Digest and asked her you know, what projects you have coming up and. She listed a project with me, and it's like, wait a second, are we doing that project? I didn't know we were doing that project yet. <laughs> so it's like, oh, this is good news. Um, she may be just like, oh, this is a really good project. We should do this. Um, so anyway, maybe that'll, you know, get some, but not until after the novel is done, please. Um, so anyway, so let's talk about Once Upon a Time. I'm really, I'm a little nervous though. I have to say that I haven't gotten the press room invite yet <laughs> I'm like why <laughs> um, now when I talked to Jeff Fortas on the second which was right before everyone broke for the holiday um, he had said they hadn't worked out all the rooms and stuff like that yet and then he actually was kind enough to email me wow on the 4th of July um, about Jane and we exchanged several emails on like on the 4th of July, which was really kind of nice of him. So I'm hoping they've kind of gotten things that was tomorrow might be the day. If I haven't gotten something from him by Wednesday, I'm definitely going to email him and Trami um, because um, I hope they wouldn't have omitted me and Zach um, from the from the press list. And that sometimes happens. And so I want to make sure that I get in there. The press the, the press room is going to be great. It's going to be – and I heard everyone's going to be there, but I also read that Lana, I don't think, is going to be there. No, yeah, Lana is not going to be there. Lana's not – hmm? Yeah, she's the only one who isn't supposed to be. Everybody else is supposed to yeah. be there. Yeah. So I'm telling everybody who's listening out there, if you have questions for any of the cast or crew, because Adam and Eddie will be there as well, um, you know, please send them on to me. Email me, uh, barbara.barnett at blogcritics.org. Or you can do what Meredith does, which is really cool little thing on our new site, is you can <clears throat> click on the contact a writer thing on the on the front page of the site, and you can get a hold of – the. the all of them go. All of those go to me and to John Sobel, who's the other executive editor. Um, but we send them to um, whoever uh, the person wants to contact. So that's a really nice way. We didn't really have a way of doing that before, and that's kind of cool. the thing to do. So if people want to contact and then, us, and I'm also and, going to be there for Once Upon a Fan. So if you want to yeah. send me any questions or anything, my Twitter handle is at the Zach Van. So it's pretty yeah. easy. Or if you go to onceuponafans.com, you can find our information there. We're on Facebook and Twitter and everything else. So yeah, two yeah, sources yeah. of information for Once Upon a Time. We've got it covered. I, I have heard that they're supposed to do a screening of the first episode of the third season there. No, how could they? They're not filming it. They're not filming yet. They don't, fil- they don't start filming until July. 
It is. Yeah, they, they don't start filming till this week, so there's no way that yeah. they could have it ready. But I, no. I think that they did say they're going to show the first episode of Wonderland at the panel, that, though. That so could that, be. But, that might but, be yeah. They usually oh, that, could, that might be. Yeah, I can't because they don't. They wouldn't have start. They would have started filming Wonderland, but they would not. The the actors and all those guys would not. They would have had to have done uh, filmed episode one weeks ago, and I know that I know Carlisle is still in the UK. I don't think he's left the UK <laughs> since. Filming, filming is supposed to start in Stevenson this week. I think on Wednesday, actually, the tenth is when it's scheduled to start. So they're they're all starting this weekend, and then they do Comic Con next week, and then right. you know they go back to filming. I would assume. So which is yeah, it's only starting like right now. Yeah. Right. What they did last year is they did Comic Con, and then they all went up to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So uh, they didn't start filming until after Comic Con last year. So, um, so something, something about that though, but yeah, I know that they. I mean, I'm pretty sure that I read that they're going to show the first episode of Wonderland. So that would make. I'm pretty excited sense. about that. Cause, yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, but the only hitch about that, okay, so Zach, this is the thing about Comic Con. <sighs> Getting into a panel is like. How shall I put this? Okay, have you ever been to like Disney World? Oh yeah, I've been to Disneyland. Mhm. Okay. So imagine the most popular, newest, coolest ride at Disneyland. At at two okay. o'clock in the after, at at eleven o'clock in the morning. Okay. The line for that ride. Imagine that. Like focus on the line for that ride. Multiply it. By three days. <laughs> so, Are you telling me I need to bring some Xanax with me on this trip? Like, <laughs> no, the, the, the problem kidding. with getting into the, the, the Hall 20 panels, which is where all the TV stuff is, the big TV stuff, is that in order to get in to the panels, you have to have been in line for hours and hours and hours. Now, that kind of precludes you from getting to any of the press stuff that you want to get to. Yeah, so it's one or the other, right? you got to pick one or the other. So that's a real problem. And what ends up happening, because people go to the very, very first thing in the morning, which might actually be the Once Upon a Time stuff. I, I What is it? Let me hang on a second. Is the first yeah, thing... Yeah, suddenly I want to check the schedule for that room and see what's so going on So hang on then. a second. Okay, so, so on Saturday... Saturday, 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 that's Friday, Saturday, 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 Saturday. okay, so, yeah, 10.15 a.m., so, is this going to be in room 20, this is going to be, where is it, oh, that's in room 6A, so, um, that's, okay, so the Bates Motel thing is in, um, (laughs) is in, 6A. So that's not in Hall 20. So this is so that so that the first thing, and I'm guessing that Once Upon a Time is going to be in Ballroom 20. So so Once Upon a Time is going to be the first thing in Ballroom 20. People will have lined up for that the night before. Just saying. Okay. I'm just saying. Well, and you're going to be partying. Well, I can't blame him because the show is fabulous, so I can't blame him for that. <laughs> no, no, no. And 
and it's like it's like famous because it's like you know True Blood was the first one one last year from one of the days, mm-hmm. and people have camped out at three a.m. I mean, literally camped out. It's it's really so, and there's like these. It, it is like Disney World because there's these big like tent you know like awnings, and there are these like lines that go on forever. Ballroom twenty is huge, but um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. It's uh I I'm not gonna do it. I would love to as much as I would love to see the preview. Um I just don't can't see being able to do that. Um but go ahead. That's that would be great. And I think for once upon a fan, I mean I think that would be a really cool thing to do. It will be hard yeah, to get so to the... we need, we we need to figure out we need to get some confirmation going on with some with with Jeff ourselves because you know, we need to know what's going on for our schedule so that we can I need to know if I'm going to be there or not. Like, if, like if we've got the press list or not. Like, there's certain things right. I need to know. I need some yeah, magic. Yeah. Where's Rumpel? Well, I mean, Steve yeah. Rob, Robert Carlo will be there. He can work some magic. It will all work out. It'll yeah. be fine. He will be there. I am very excited about that. I am very excited about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, so it'll be interesting. Um, and as soon as we get the press room stuff, you know, I'm going to start asking for some one-on-ones, which I won't get probably, <laughs> but it's really hard to do one-on-ones. I mean, they give a few one-on-ones out, very, very few. Um, and it's usually to like gigantic media, like CNN or something like that. Not to us. Although we're pretty big, but we're not that big. We're not Collider that gets like 5 million hits and it's a TV dedicated site. Um, anyway, so let's talk about a little in the, in the 15 minutes we have left. Let's talk about <laughs> we've gotten a lot talk. We talked about a lot of stuff today. Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk about the return. Okay. Um, so the return. Uh, what did you guys think of it? Did you get a chance to watch it again? Uh-huh. I, I got yeah. to watch it last week, and I, I do love it. Yeah, no. Yeah, I actually good. just rewatched it recently too. Um, yeah. Working on an article about Rumpelstiltskin, actually. So I was watching it for research. So it's funny that that's the one that we're talking about tonight because I just watched it. It's a really, really good telling episode to me. Um, and about it was an episode that was very heavy into parental relationships with their children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. the one episode that tells you why he created the curse because up until that, no one knew. I knew. <laughs> well, and the whole August fake-out was that episode. Well, all the speculation was that August mm-hmm. was Bay. Mm-hmm. I, I never really bought that because he has those beautiful blue eyes and yeah. Bay has brown. I never really yeah. bought that. Yeah, I know. well, it is, you know, magic. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I actually, <laughs> from, I think, episode three, I kind of figured out that the curse was was developed for the purpose of Rumpel waiting out the 28 years so he could find Bay. And he, he didn't know about Bay until episode eight. No, right. But we knew, right. All right. As soon as we found out about Bay. Okay. Not from the first three. For the first episode that we found out about Bay, I think, or from the, wait, I take that back. No, you know what? I was speculating about that. I was. Why was I speculating about that earlier? Because I'm pretty sure I was speculating about that earlier than, um, than um, 
than that episode. I'm pretty sure I was. I have to go back into my reviews and and remember, find where I started making those speculations because I was doing it pretty early. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's you know that's neither here nor there. Um, but um, so I love the idea of Mr. Gold going to consult um, Archie. Yeah, I love that. I wish they'd had one conversation in the second season where you actually see them talk. Yeah. 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 Well, Archie's whole character got a lot less in the second season. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, he was reduced to reoccurring, and they stopped having the scenes where he served as an advisor. That kind of went away. Right. That's all Lisa Gina went to go see him, and I'm sure actually a lot of people did. They just didn't show it. They did not show yeah, it, and just because true. because they scattered the storyline so much, um, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of screen time for for anybody. Um, so in the in the realm of the second season, um, where do you, I mean, sorry, in the realm of the first season, where do you think that falls as far as strength of episodes? I, I've always thought it was probably one of my top two or three favorite episodes. Yeah, maybe oh. top five, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the backstory, uh, uh, the Rumpel backstory was so well developed in the second half of season one, and this is one of those big Rumpel stories. Right. And it's a shame Chrissy isn't here because she would tell you about how the Blue Fairy is behind it all. And <laughs> that was you because she is behind it all, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd like it if, if you get a chance to ask a question at uh, Comic-Con with Once Upon a Time. I'd like to know if Tinkerbell knows the Blue Fairy, if they all have, like, this realm where all the fairies hang out and exchange secrets about their land. <laughs> well, I will I yeah, they'll will do, have, sit around doing each other's nails and everything. <laughs> I, will have, I, I will have one substantial one-on-one, and that will be with Jane Espenson. So um, I'm going to do, like, a half an hour uh, interview with her So on Once Upon a Time. So, on the radio? No, I will play it. Um, but it won't be for the radio. I won't be live because it'll be Sunday morning. Um, oh. But I'll, I'll be meeting her at her hotel. Um, her and I'll be meeting her and Brad Bell, um, and uh, buying coffee. I promise to buy coffee. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we're you know so we're gonna have a substantial chat about uh, Once Upon a Time for sure and Wonderland as well. So and husbands. Um, I just I just thought that the whole interplay between August and Gold was just so well done. Mm-hmm. Gold and everybody. I mean, this was a great Robert Carlyle episode in general. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the show always is the better when it focuses on his character. Yeah. And and I know part of that is my bias. <laughs> I, I know people are a lot very hard on August. They're very mad because of the trick he played. But in his defense, uh, all he'd heard about him probably as a kid was how he turned his father's parents into puppets. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that he just didn't think, well, I don't owe him anything, do I? Right. Right. Oh, man, i got to right. be careful not to go off on a tangent here because I, I'm telling you that Blue Fairy has something to do with all of this, I'm telling you. Because in that episode, <laughs> they have a conversation. They have a conversation. August shows up. He and Mother Blue Fairy have a conversation. And then right. she walks back up, and Rumpel confronts her, and he's like, what's going on? 
And when she turns around and she's talking about he recently, you know, he lost his father and he recently found him and their separation was very sad. Like, there's something she, on, that, oh. on that woman's face that just tells me that she was telling here. him, like, but he you know, could like, have, have been talking like, about Geppetto, but I do believe, yes, that she was in on it. Oh, I totally um, believe that she was in well, on she it. Well, she was, like, oh, just Because she before was. she broke, yeah, because before the curse happened, she said that her and the rest of the fairies were going to go make some preparations. Like, what were those preparations? Were you perhaps making sure you could remember everything? Like, you but, take yeah, you to a fairy, I don't think those other there. fairies did keep their memories. Uh, there was no evidence that Nova ever did. There's a whole other thing with Nova. Like, I really hope that her and Leroy found each other and had a good cup of coffee after the curse was broken. That's all I can hope, because I didn't get to see it. So I hope it happened to Grannies at some point in season two. Yeah, poor Amy Acker is just too busy. They need to make her some yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, um, I, you know, I, I really, I really do think that she was behind a lot of this. I mean, she was part of the setup. She's, she's, she's not as sweet and nice as, uh, as you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot going on there. I would agree with Chrissy with that. Hear that, Chrissy? We're talking about the Blue Fairy. She's going to call me tomorrow morning, and we'll, I'll give her a whole rundown. I saw the exact thing. It sounds like it's coming right out of Chrissy's mouth. It's the exact same it's stuff. A, it is. It well, is. because you know what else? If, if all magic comes with a price, then what price does good magic have to pay? I would like to know the answer to that question. Like, I would love oh. it if there was some, like, huge twist where, like, every time good magic gets used, like, something bad happened to Rumple. Like, he felt it or something. <laughs> or, like, he got made more evil. Like, that would be so awesome if that was why he hated fairies so much because they kept making him bad. Oh, my God, that would be such a twist. Oh, well, well let's, all right, let's, let's play with that for a minute. Um, so, hmm, why does Rumple hate fairies? I think it is strictly because of Bay. I, I think yeah, I that he doesn't I, like the idea of somebody, you know, giving over this being without consulting him. He, you know, in all fairness, Blue Fairy should have gone to him, to Rumpelstiltskin, and given him the bean and told him, you know, well, assured him instead of giving over time, to. Well, at that time, though, Rumpel was pretty much the dark one. I mean, he was in his mm-hmm. dark one phase. He yeah, I know, not. but I'm just saying that it would have been better if, she, you know, he she hadn't done it with him, you know? I, yeah. I think that, you know, he went, she kind of went behind his back. She, mm-hmm. she didn't kind of. She absolutely did. She absolutely did. Well, she did. also said in that conversation that Rumpel's magic is not from their world. So, right. you know, mm-hmm. she may just be trying to be playing safeguard here and say, like, hey, um... I'm just going to get rid of this guy because he's going to mess everything up, and I'm sorry that I have to lie to you right now, but this is more important. So take this scene, you and your dad can take a trip, and everything's going to be fine. Well, and you have to admit, that uh, that's still small voice, you know, Jiminy coming to the Blue Fairy. I bet a lot of people, after making a deal with Rumpelstiltskin, immediately go to the Blue Fairy to try to reverse whatever bad consequences. Mm, interesting, is. yeah, it could be. Yeah, they're always probably countering each other one way or the other. I would love to see them in a real confrontation. Although right now, you know, I I wouldn't be in Rumpel as he was toward the end of his Rumpelness. But definitely um, at the beginning, you know, when he was really the dark one, because he's softened a lot over time. And now, 
as Mr. Gold. I mean, he's got his moments, but he's yeah. General. And remember, he uh, he's now probably indebted to the Blue Fairy for curing Belle of her memory curse. Right, and also he is um, much mellower in general, and he's, you know, he is fighting off the darkness himself. Mm-hmm. He really is. I mean, he's he's really the, the the really the only struggling character on the show. Really, yeah. Um, I don't I think don't, Regina he, struggles. I, I think Regina struggles, but I don't think she means it half the time. She'll she'll. No. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, well, you what? You disagree? I oh no, I to, well, I mean, I agree with you because it seems like it seems like ultimately what it's going to come down to is somebody has to be the big bad villain to be defeated at the end. That's just how it mm-hmm. seems to me. It's a fairy tale mm-hmm. story. There has to be a villain to be defeated at the end. Ultimately, Regina is the villain. Like that's yeah. just how I feel. Like Rumpel will be redeemed because he has Belle there to save him. He right. will not be the dark one anymore and that kind of thing. But Regina doesn't have that. She has no one to save her. Right, so, I mean, she, has she doesn't, yeah. And plus, at the very beginning of the show, it was established, like, the main conflict is between Regina and Emma. And that yeah. has to come to a head at some point. It can't just end yeah. where it is now. Like, that no, has to no, go it can't. It can't. It can't. So, yeah. So, we're down to our last three minutes, guys. I can't believe it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I'd like to actually bring up the whole frame job thing that uh, Rump will participate in. I've always had a suspicion about why he did it. I've always believed that he was getting a little impatient with Emma's lack of belief. So he mm-hmm. was setting up Regina, you know, you know, in order to for everything to be traced back to her. And, you know, with, you know, Mary Margaret clueless as far as why in the world she'd be doing it. Anyway, I think that he was trying to weaken the curse and get Emma to believe in it. And I think that if he'd managed to get Regina kicked out of the mayoral office and into a cell, perhaps, maybe the curse would have weakened enough that a few memories would have come back. And then Emma wouldn't have had any choice but to believe in it. It's possible. I mean, he, de- you know, he definitely wanted Emma to start believing, and for a bit... I mean that ended Yeah, up and does anybody else life. think that uh maybe he also sends the Mad Hatter her way intentionally, instructing him, you know, to tell her just like he did with August? That would be an uh, awesome twist. I didn't yeah, it would think be. about that. But now that they ha now that they have an established relationship from the past, like from the doctor and yeah, so you know, he knew. His brother, that would totally make sense. Yeah, yeah. since uh, he knew that uh, Mary Margaret would be on the run, he suggested the key gav herself, that she gav herself. He must have had a plan for her to actually come back, to make it back. So, yeah, I think that he tipped her, him off and said, okay, you're going to capture her and you're also going to talk to Emma and convince her of the curse or else. Right. That would be okay. an awesome flashback. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, it would be. I, okay, we are almost out of time, guys. Unbelievably enough, we are almost out of time. And um, just want to remind people that when we cover Comic-Con, um, starting a week from Wednesday, um, each night we will be doing a recap show at, at uh, 6 o'clock Pacific time. That would make it 9 o'clock Eastern time and 8 o'clock uh, Chicago time. Um, we'll be doing a nightly recap show, 
Zach and I, and we'll be broadcasting. I'm trying to work it out to broadcast from the um, the uh, the video on demand people who are hosting a press suite um, with good Wi-Fi. So I've been talking to them today, and uh, and to see if we can do it. So um, hopefully that will work out. Otherwise, we'll find another place. But I want awesome. to thank our panel for tonight. Meredith, thank you as always. Um, and um, Jerome, are you, are you going to do any more Once Upon a Time episodes next time? Yes. Next next week we're going to do the season one finale. Okay. Mm-hmm. And oh, we'll talk gosh, about I'd Comic-Con a little more. And uh, then uh, Wednesday through the following uh, Sunday through Saturday night we'll do um, – maybe through Sunday night we'll do Comic-Con wrap-up show every night for t- half an hour shows. So I want to thank you guys, and Zach, welcome to the show, and welcome to Blog Critics. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And Jimmy, as always, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. And we'll see you all next week. Take care, and have all a right. great week, everyone. Bye thank now. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Good night.